0: Hey everyone, welcome to FHC Church Retreat and episode 141 with Andy, Randy, Jeff, and Lich. Our newest member is our guest speaker for the weekend, Lecrae Litchfield. This is your chance to Stump the Pastor, a game that Andy and Jeff are huge fans of and regular targets of here on the podcast. So welcome, Lich. Thank you for being here. <laughs> we have a microphone here for those joining us at Retreat 2019, so please come up and join the conversation at any time. You can interrupt, ask questions, or just say thank you to Lich for two amazing periods of worship and Real Speak, which we have enjoyed immensely. Of course, for those of you listening, you can also join the conversation by sending a text or leaving a voicemail at 407-965-1607 or email podcast at hospitalchurch.org. Now, I know we promised you last week a whole bunch of more lovey-dovey. Big Heart, Little Heart did not disappoint, which what this is the theme, Big Heart, Little Heart. And I want to start by asking Lich, what were your thoughts and your process for what you would present on this topic? Or did you choose the topic? How did you come to this was the message you were going to present here at Florida Hospital Church Retreat?
1: Because right now in my broken life, that's where I'm at. Uh, When I discover that I can't forgive, I can't love, I can't obey, I'm a mess. And so uh, when Paul tells this thick head that, hey, Everything you need, Litch, God offers you through the power of the Holy Spirit, through that good old Romans 5.5. 5. And then when I got that in my thick head, then it was jumping out at me all over Scripture. Mm. Uh, and thinking Ezekiel, where God says, I'll do this. I'll do this. there's 16 or something, 14 or 16 things God says he'll do for us. And yet that wasn't what I heard I was, as I was growing up. I'm not blaming my parents or my church or my school. I just didn't hear it that way. So I'm on a new, new roll.
0: I like that. When you said that this morning, and I think that's often a time when people tune us out when we say, "I didn't hear that as a kid," and then they naturally assume if you went to Adventist schools mm-hmm. or if you were raised a Christian, like, "Well, so are you blaming your parents? I mean, did you have bad parents or did you mm-hmm. are you blaming your teachers, your principal? I mean, the overall theme of it, but no,
1: yeah.
0: it just wasn't part of that message, and I thought mm-hmm. that was really something to to kind of grasp hold of and realize as we tell people our journey to make sure that they understand that we're not trying to throw shade at anybody.
2: Well, mm-hmm. I think oftentimes in, in our culture, uh, we, we end up being much more human-centric than God-centric. And and what Lich has presented to us today is truly God-centric. It's God's work. It's God's position. It's what he does for us. He pours it into our lives. It's his gift to us. And And oftentimes in the Christian world, historically, we've heard a lot more about well, you got to do this, you got to do that, you got you to ask forgiveness, you got to yeah. repent, you got to you know, walk the chalk line, you got I mean, whatever it is, you, you have to do that. And uh, I think this is a much more freeing, and part of what he just said is that being in touch with our own human depravity that yeah. makes it clear we need something. You know? It
3: also gives us an understanding of what service is about, you know, because a lot of times we do service to compensate for that feeling of being vulnerable or feeling of my weaknesses. And so I, I turn, I want to give back, I want to serve. And actually, serving can become a, a self-fulfilling uh, thing for myself rather than for having truly played out for other people.
0: How do we know if we're using that as a crutch, though, Jeff?
3: You know, that's a good question, but I think it's the motivation of why. Am I serving for others or am I serving for myself?
0: Hmm. Because I think oftentimes when we find ourselves in these, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to serve, I'm going to be more intentional, and we start off with really good intentions, I don't think we often realize why we're doing it. And it turns into, all of a sudden, you find yourself in the middle of a bootstrap kind of thing where you're p- trying to pull yourself
3: up and you're thinking,
0: this isn't nearly as rewarding <laughs> well, as I
3: thought service would be. Well, Lich brought it up, actually, in a sermon when he talked about, you know, I'm going to the mission field and... Look at me, and then when I get back, look at me. But during the time, it's like, oh, my goodness, what did I get myself into? <laughs> what,
0: did I what did I do? Yeah. Why did I raise my hand? Well, my two favorite ideas from Friday night, and I thought I really wanted people to hear this in case they don't catch the actual message as it's wherever it will be posted online after yeah, we get we, back. We
2: don't record any of this.
0: That's right, we don't yeah, record this. this so I definitely this, want This
2: is your only chance at it. This no. is your only
0: <laughs> chance. You said two things that really stuck out with me in the moment that I felt really touched my heart. You said, fellow Peters, he meets you where you are. And I thought that is one that we say it a lot, Mm -hmm. but actually internalizing that and then helping people to see that in us, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: how do we remind ourselves that God meets us where he's at? Something very practical. How do we keep that in the Mm -hmm. forefront of the Mm -hmm. way we live our lives?
1: As you're asking that question, I think back to when I, and I don't remember much of my life, but I think back (laughs) at 13 years old, the pastor going to the, the chalkboard and saying, For us, God has to do this much. For this poor fellow over here, God has to do so much more. And I nodded my 13-year-old head and said, amen, amen. And uh, he was sincere but wrong, you know? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I I can do nothing. Yeah. And and the the problem is when I do do something, nine times out of ten, I find subtle ways to brag about it or tell someone else what a good job (laughs) I had. Because we all have a tape playing up here that says, I'm a jerk, I'm a jerk, I'm a jerk. And when someone finds out we're a jerk, we have to find a way to compensate for us. That doesn't deal with your question. God meets me just as the song goes, theological, just as I am. Yeah. And then he continues to work with me over and over again and... and uh so are you saying
0: then that someone like me who my mom will always say that 95% of her gray hair came from me alone? Life, a man she's been married to 50 years, my older brother, they all share in 5%. So are you saying that someone like me, like God doesn't keep track? I mean, in your analogy on the board, like, you know, maybe God's had to work this much with Randy, but with Lich it's really somewhere over here. He's not keeping track. He doesn't mind. He doesn't mind the extra work. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah. Hmm.
2: Well, I think... If you, you know, it's a hundred percent him always. Yeah, yeah, I like that.
0: Mm-hmm. The other thing you said that really stuck with me immediately was, "Don't ever confuse God with the church." Mm-hmm. This is some sage advice that I am not sure that we always understand. We hear it and we say, "Amen." That's good stuff, right? Don't don't confuse God with the church. Yeah. But then, practically speaking. I think people from the outside look at us because we say, well, we are the body, we are the church, and so if we're going to look at it that way, how do we separate those? How do we separate people thinking that our imperfect actions are somehow a reflection on God and keeping that all separate? Because I think we have a hard time sometimes as Christians keeping our message on point even when we're trying our very best and we're doing even a, maybe even a decent job of trying to live like you talked about, living with that freedom and knowing that that's what God is always doing. Mm-hmm. He's always backing up the truck and giving us everything we need.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: How can we do that better?
1: Well, I think two things. One, people who look at Christians have an inaccurate picture. I think they think they're better than others and that they should act differently. And that is a good goal, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but we're made of the same jolly material. And uh, we are hard on each other, and we're hard on people who judge us, you know. And I think Satan, Satan dances with that, you know, mm. because there's none righteous, no, not one. Mm. Right. He who comes to me, I will no wise cast out. Uh, my grace is sufficient. I will never leave you or forsake you. So why should I think—maybe this is a very pessimistic way to look—why should I think when people get in leadership in different organizations, whether it's Google or Apple or General Motors or General Conference, that the things should be different? Yeah. The people in Denmark, they were asked—no, they they are looking for the most content people in the world, and they found the people of Denmark were most content— and they found out why is because they had no expectations. <laughs> <So>.
0: <laughs> what you mentioned today, and I love the piece that you did from America's Got Talent, which was really, really powerful. You mentioned that we all have stutters and we all are broken. We all have that mm. brokenness that we share. Mm. How do we turn our negatives as a broken people into positives? That can be a positive light for people searching instead of what people see and then project onto Jesus how can we take those negatives and remind ourselves or to live out our negatives as a positive i mean the young man doing the the stand up comedy with a huge stutter problem which was it almost oversimplifies it to the point where you're like that was so easy but if i was thinking to myself if i put myself in that situation is that how i would have solved my problem hmm. and I'm not, I'm not sure I would have.
3: How do, we, how do we do that? First of all, I think he pointed that out, and I think that's what Litch was getting at, was in a way we're all handicapped. We're all broken. We're all pieces of what God intended us to be. Mm. And it's when we finally get to understand that, and that's why it was so powerful to see this young boy understand his handicap in light of what he was before, the handicap, mm. Mm -hmm. which was quite a revelation for him, which I think all of us realize, hey, we are all broken. Mm -hmm. And when we find out our wholeness is not in ourselves or our accomplishments or even our talents, but our wholeness is in Christ.
0: Shouldn't that slow us down a little bit, though? Like, we're quick to always try to— we talked about this a little bit last week— try to convert people, invite people to church, do all these things. And we we had a little bit of fun with that. But in essence— you made the point this morning that Jesus got people to trust him and to be just in daily activities with and to gain their trust and to let them see that he was their friend, he was on their side.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Why doesn't that work with us? Why do we are we always seemingly jumping the gun and trying to convert to our way of thinking or our theology? when really I think most people would resonate so much better if we were just to simply talk to them, find out about them, do a little more listening than we did talking.
2: Well, I think part of it is like we like to be right. And, oh, right? man. And let's, let's mention that a little bit in this talk as well. But that whole idea of, of convincing others to join us and what we believe we're right about yeah. is a very rewarding feeling. Oh, now, now they've, they've acknowledged <laughs> that I'm right, so they can be part of us now, as opposed to recognizing that we're all wrong. And even when we think we're right, we may not be correct. It was, it's, it's, hmm. it's, its a journey. Only God is absolutely holy and absolutely right and, and perfect in all of His ways, and He backs the truck up and gives it all to us. So it's not something we accomplish or do, or and that should help us be able to say, okay, wait a second, I don't have to be trying to convince someone else necessarily. I share who I am and hopefully get him connected. I, I know what i a phrase that might work, like loving, okay. loving people into lifelong friendship. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's two weeks in a row. So just in case, you know, listen to the podcast, because if you forget what we're supposed to say, Andy's got it nearly on a weekly basis. Lich, I wanted to ask you, and then um, as we start to go through wrapping things up, we'll make sure that if anyone has any questions or comments, we get to those. But you defined sinner and saint this morning differently or maybe just contextually different than I've ever heard about it before. Would you uh, go through that with us again real quick?
1: I just read what Paul says. Mm. You know, Paul starts off, he says, I'm a servant. And then uh, Jesus had said in John 15, 15, I don't want to call you servants, I call you friends. And then Paul, in just about each of his letters and epistles, he starts off to God's dedicated people or God's holy people or God's sanctified people in Corinth or in Philippi or in Galatia or in Colossians. Yeah, And then he starts listing their sins. So... <laughs> to, to to me, the whole key is that Paul's favorite expression: "If I'm in Christ, mm-hmm. if I'm in Christ, and I hate to say go go back to good old Jonah, but Jonah basically, you know, flipped off God and 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 went the other direction, and God was still going after him. He came back and gave a message, but it was a, the message was correct, but his attitude still smelled like the the fish. And, and <laughs> but God still used him. Yeah. And so I think the minute you think you're a saint. You're not. You know, when you think you're holy, you're not. Or as the, as the story goes, they gave the pastor a plaque to the most humble pastor, and he put it up. You know, wow. the minute you think you're there, and it goes back to a great little book called Steps to Christ. It says the closer you get to Christ, the more you see in yourself that's, sheesh. Mm-hmm. Paul said that. That which I want to do, I don't do. That which I don't want to do keep doing. You know, and so there's Paul, famous author of many books, having the same struggle. That's a comfort to my little, little self. You know? I
0: like that because in that definition, it should remind us that no matter what we've done, where we've been, where we've come from, where we think we might be, it all is really for naught. As long mm. as we're in Christ, just like you said with Jonah, our attitude can still smell like the fish, but <laughs> it's not. It doesn't matter to God. I mm. like that.
2: And as I said, I think I said last week again that it's, it's salvation is always the work of the Savior, not the saved. God's the one who does does that for us. Yeah. Mm.
0: I liked also when you talked about the long prayers. Mm -hmm. It's one of my favorite stories to tell when we were kids growing up in Wisconsin, the uh, Iron Man watch by Timex had just come out when we were kids and having a stopwatch on your wrist was just about the coolest thing. Maybe, maybe a little bit even cooler than those with the calculator watches. (laughs) And there was a certain deacon in our church. He might've even been an elder and we timed his longest prayer just under seven minutes was the world record for church. And there's certain people that I'm still friends with and uh, we we commiserate on Facebook every so often. And it came up... Not that long ago, do you remember when so and so had that prayer? We timed it on the on the watch. He's like, "Too bad we didn't have phones. We could have taken a picture of it and you know, we could have made a post about it how long those prayers are." But before we start to wrap things up, is there anyone that had a question or comment for Lich on anything we talked about last night or just in general? I mean, if you've got a good theological question that you'd like an answer to, maybe we could put them on the spot. So, if you have something, please come forward at this time and uh, as soon as you get to the mic, we will just interrupt and let you go. You said, be still and know that I am God, post-prayer, after mm-hmm. we talked about those long prayers. What does be still and know that I am God, what does that look like for you personally? And what's it done for you spiritually? Because I feel like that's a phrase that we all know. We've heard it a lot. And yet, speaking for self here, complete transparency, that's something that I am absolutely horrible at. I always have something going, yeah. something's playing in the background, even when I'm doing something else. And so being still is like probably the biggest challenge I'll ever have. Convince someone like me that this really is something spectacular that I should try to do better, some way that it's changed your life for the better, spiritually and or otherwise. Less coffee, probably less coffee (laughs) oh man (laughs) jeff goes right 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 fire up the chainsaw right at the bottom (laughs) ouch it it does
1: not it's not natural for any of us to just sit and be still and the minute we start saying that some people get uncomfortable because they're thinking oh look at the light bulb till you become the light bulb i'm not talking about anything other than shutting up and letting god speak and Yeah, I usually do it on the back 40 where no one is around and I've told him everything that's on my heart. Then I used to say this, which is the wrong thing. Okay, God, speak to me, speak to me. God is always speaking to me. I should be saying, I'm listening. And I wish I could brag to you here and and say that I just do it naturally, just turn, turn to it all the time, and I'm really wonderful at it, but I'd be lying to you about prayer. There are times when I have so many thoughts bombard my little head that I have to say, God, whoa, whoa. I don't have any more post-it notes. Mm-hmm. There are other times when we walk together in silence. just like Mother Teresa, you know. Remember Dan Rather asked Mother Teresa, Mother Teresa, when you pray, what do you say? She says, nothing. I just listen. What does God say? Nothing. He just listens. Dan Rather had no more questions. <laughs> uh, so so that, that's, that's something that I'm uh, – it's easy to, to shout at other people and they should do it because then it reinforces now. Now, why don't you practice what you're, what you're saying, fathead, and do it. Does that get me more saved? No. Uh, does that mm. make me make God love me more? No. It's a discipline that does not come natural to this type A person to do. Oh, well,
2: Richard, right? Richard Foster says that, that that Christian meditation is not about any mantras or mm-hmm. you know some kind of really weird things. All it is is trying to hear God's voice and obey His will, mm. and to be yeah. able to, to to listen and. Our our world mitigates against that. We all have our cell phones in our hands. We've got computers in, in front of us. We've got you know ways to communicate constantly with each other or the world at large. And so it's, it takes a discipline to say, okay, I'm going to choose to be quiet. And being quiet, it's amazing what you can hear if you're if you're quiet.
3: And it doesn't always happen immediately, too. Rarely, I mean, yeah. A lot of times it takes it just takes time not because of God, but because of us. <laughs> Thank you for that clarification, yeah. Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just to time things sometimes to be patient.
2: Michael Morgan's.
4: Michael.
3: Oh, Michael. All right. Oh hold on. Hold on. Give me a sec. All right,
0: go ahead. Hey guys. Hey.
4: So um I just had a question. It's actually leading off of uh, Jim Boyle's worship this morning, which was awesome. Appreciated that. Um So I think uh, so. He was talking about spiritual leaders in our lives, Mm -hmm. and um, you can bring the mic up. Okay, okay. (laughs) I just didn't want to mess anything up. Um, So I guess something for me that's been on my mind lately is you know leadership often comes with a lot of obviously authority and responsibility, but it ends up bringing with it a lot of ego and uh, self, either either end of the spectrum, self-deprecation or self-glorification. So my question for any and all of you, is how do you kind of keep that ego to the side and help be a spiritual leader that's more focused about God doing his work through you? I mean, each one of you is a spiritual leader, and I think even everyone in the church is also doing that uh, in their daily lives, but how do you keep that ego from taking over what God's work is supposed to be doing? Excellent question.
2: I think it's one for our guests. Um, yeah. <laughs> go for I, it, Lich. <laughs> you, you,
1: you marry the correct woman. That's, <laughs> oh, he's doing that. By the yeah. way, is yeah. my
0: wife here? Forty-two years. Uh, I marry the rec- Marry the right woman is the answer to the question. <laughs> I win.
3: Uh, oh, go ahead. My, Michael's actually getting married. When are you getting married, Michael? July, yeah,
0: all right. Um, Congratulations! When
1: I, when I come home from this camp, I'll brag to my wife. and say, "Man, I just really felt accepted. I really felt listened to, and it was just, it was just really good." And and she said, "Could you peel those potatoes, please?" So, uh, that, She's a good woman, but she. There's a song from my day. Let me take you down. I'm, <laughs> no, you know, uh, so so. Uh, but I think it's I never put that song with this topic <laughs> <laughs> but I also put uh, what we were talking about earlier Brene Brown has mm-hmm. really helped with go on TED talks and just look at one of her talks on vulnerability transparency and authenticity and Shelly helps me with that so much because her family grew up communicating my family didn't communicate real well so uh, she's really good at conflicts I'm not it's none of your business about my marriage, but uh, <laughs> it's it's good, it's good because nine times out of ten, the woman of your dreams behind a closed door is right and you're wrong. Amen. There we go. Yeah. Amen. So uh, to take sometimes that, even uh, in front of open, open doors. Of, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so what would you say to someone then that was considering entering the ministry or just even in their church if they're Maybe there's not a spot like Orlando where there's so many churches where you can usually find yourself a niche where you fit in. But just growing up in Wisconsin, there's a handful of churches within 200, 300 miles. You might have two options. You might have one. To the pastor, you mean? And to a pastor or anyone that just, well, like he's talking well, about, I- that anyone's trying to be, to be a leader where maybe that's not such a
2: positive area around you. How do you? Well, I think one of the most important things for me to recognize is it's not about you. And if you can come to realize it's not about you, it's about, it's about what you're leading, whatever it is, yeah. what organization is. If it's not about the church, just don't make it about yourself. Are you willing to serve? You want to care about the product, the people, the, the organization? That changes the leadership. I've watched it happen where the a young pastorals, like, it's all about them. It's not about the church they're even serving. It's like, no, 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 no. You got to be about them, those people. That's, that's what it's really all about.
0: I've heard good things about those people. <laughs> I really have. Anybody else? Sure, come on up. No, 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 you're fine. (laughs) (laughs) This is a barefoot community, so you feel at home. I just want to thank you. Your approach is refreshing. And Mm -hmm. as an Adventist that was raised Adventist, was out of the church for a while, Mm -hmm. I wish we had more leaders in the Adventist church today that would allow us to just be who we are, Mm -hmm. accept us where we're at, and then guide us into a loving relationship and, Mm -hmm. you know, healthy adult life. Mm -hmm. So I'd like to just thank you. you. She's been listening, Andy. That's good. She had a lifelong relationship with God, in there she did. That was very good. Good, good. Thank you, Claudia. Mm. (laughs) All right. Well, if that is all of our comments, we're going to start wrapping it up. As we close up, I want to say just thank you. I, I agree with Claudia We hear this at the hospital church a lot. We get this type of message, and we've talked about love a lot. And Andy said this, I think, about two months ago. He said, when we get better at that part, then maybe we'll graduate into something else, (laughs) But we're going to keep talking about love until we just get better at it. And the few times that we do love, even remotely well, Mm -hmm. it feels really good, and that should continue to promote Mm -hmm. us and to keep lifting us up to right. do more. So I just wanted to, again, say thank you for for coming and giving us these great messages to think about. And this morning was very... Both were very powerful, but this morning specifically. Mm-hmm. And I also want to say a big thank you to Florida Hospital Church Superstar, Stanley Pomianowski and Duck Duck Productions for allowing us to load up all of his gear and bring it here so that we could do the podcast here at Church Retreat and Gil Parente as well. He's helping out, uh, lending us some equipment for the Cozy Cafe this evening. So just wanted to say a super big thank you to both of those guys. And if you have someone that has been maybe struggling with church, with God, with Christ, with their relationship, and maybe they're as far away as you can possibly think about. Forget that part and just realize, like we've talked about, that God will back up the truck to them too and give them everything they need. You just might be the person that is talking to them, and you might be the person who they see the delivery from the truck and go, man, that looks pretty good. I think I might want some of that. This is a good way, if you're listening to the podcast, if you can share this with your social networks, with friends, someone you think that might be needing to hear what we're talking about, especially this week over the last couple of weeks with the My 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 series, which was really, really well done, a lot of good information it's super easy to send this in a text message link, both if they're on Android, it's in the Google play store as of last week. And we've confirmed that that's up and running. So there's another location to find it in Apple podcasts. So if you swipe up, everything you need are in the show notes to share it. So, that's gonna do it for this week. Thank you to Lich again for being here. I appreciate your message and what you brought to this weekend. It's been refreshing and it's been a renewal. Thank you for being on the podcast, taking the extra time. And with that, thanks for listening and have a great week.
2: So now you can ask Lich. Now you can ask any questions
1: <laughs> Now you can ask Richard. Now real questions. you really want to ask him. <laughs> Very good. Very good.